we present an encore presentation of Protect Your Assets with David Hollander. Well, it was another interesting week on Wall Street. The Dow finished down 2.7%. The S&P was down just about as much, but it came back Friday to finish down 0.7%. NASDAQ up slightly, 0.6%. International index just off about a half a percent. But the oil industry and bonds was where the action was this week. Oil finished up 2.3% to close at 81.73. And bonds up 3.6% for the week. So we had a positive start to the year the last couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden, investor sentiment changed, got a little more mixed. Stocks didn't like what they saw during the week as we saw weaker manufacturing news. U.S. consumer not really showing up. And then you had the uh, labor number on Friday, on Thursday, which wasn't very good. Uh, and all of a sudden, stocks didn't like it. So then we have earnings. And earnings so far have been mixed. And estimates from companies are starting to move lower, which means less revenue to companies. And that's why today we're going to be talking about businesses. But backing up, markets have been following earnings this last week for any signals about growth. Because as you remember, the two themes this year we're looking for are growth and inflation. They do go hand in hand because that sets up stagflation, which we want to miss. So about 11% of the S&P 500 companies have reported so far their fourth quarter earnings. And the results, frankly, are quite a mix. They're not where they need to be. So earnings for the quarter so far have fallen overall by about 4% annually and the first negative growth quarter since 2020 that we've seen. So things are definitely starting to slow down. And so far we've heard from most of the big banks out there. And while many are seeing consumers continue to spend, they're also preparing for a slowdown ahead. And in fact, as part of that, they've increased their reserves. They've laid off a pretty significant portion of their employment. They've lowered wages. They've also cut uh, payoffs, you know, for bonuses and so forth and made pay adjustments across the board. So you're hearing about this, which is just a sign that they're getting ready for something that's coming. And we had the first large cap technology firm report this past week, Netflix. The company missed earnings. And this was driven largely by currency fluctuations. But overall, subscriber growth came in ahead of expectations, and this is what supported the stock and the broader technology sector on Friday. And I'll come to that in a second because I got a really good question from Trey. But before I get there, the big question I've been asked is, are we going to get a soft landing? Because that's really what people are concerned about. Will the Fed get it right? Will the recession that we're going to go into, at least that's my opinion, Will it be short or long? And it's all about the soft landing. So what that means is a definition of a soft landing is inflation falls faster than growth. We're going to talk a lot about that today. Inflation falling faster than growth. This allows the Fed to stop raising rates and do what's called a pivot where they turn it. Well, first of all, they'll stop raising rates and then they should turn around and start lowering rates if the economy looks pretty good. And in doing so, that usually helps the market. But we, we have to have the facts 
that support that. And so I'll say overall inflation is declining. And we did just say this because of companies reporting growth is slowing. But the Fed rhetoric is not changing. It's still pretty harsh. And I expect this February 1st, which is coming up, they are going to hike rates by about 25 basis points. Now, the big question is, will they continue to hike rates or will they back off? Big, big uh, diversity in that decision so far. So don't, you know, don't, don't just say, well, that's it. No, it may not be it. Because it's not clear to me with what I just saw last week that we're going to have a soft landing. And why is that? Well, Thursday we had the labor number. And remember, I kept talking about that. The labor number has to get up to 300,000 unemployed. If we don't see that number getting up or raising, labor is still tight, expensive. We'll talk more about that. If you're a business, what do you do? How do you, how do you continue to grow your business if it's costing you more to stay in business? Great question. And that's what we're seeing when it comes to unemployment numbers. 190. 190 is far off from 300, right? Yes. So that's there. And costs are still high, right? Across the board, you go out and buy stuff. It's still expensive. You want to put a pipe in your ceiling? You want to get a roofer? <laughs> Good luck, right? <laughs> I just want some plastic on my... Well, I can't show up. Sorry, I'm busy till March. I'll see you then. What? So we have a problem there, obviously. So I think it's hard to justify the S&P trading right now in the 3900s. We closed in there Friday. And until there's actual progress on achieving what I'll call a soft landing, I'd be skeptical. And I'd be ready for 5 to 10% pullbacks, which I've been calling on the S&P. It's not over yet. All right. Now, Trey asked me a question. Because remember last week we were talking about the fundamentals of the S&P. And if you missed any of that, we do a podcast. Protect, go to your favorite podcast, type in protect your assets and listen to the market segment. It's five, seven minutes. So Trey asked me this. Trey says, hey, Mr. Sandman, when you talk about technical levels of the S&P, which I'm going to give you in a second, so be patient. For market direction, does it matter that 75% of the constituents are in a bull market and that the laggard tech is holding down the S&P? Should we be looking at other indicators? Thank you, Trey. Okay, well, Trey, that's a great question because you are correct. Measures of market internals, including what I'll call breadth or volume, matters. And it should be monitored. In addition, you're asking me about the, the percentage of tech in the S&P. Good question. So if we look just at the S&P 500, that's all I'm talking about right now, the trend, at least technically, as I talked about last week, is bearish. That means that we're going to see more down before we see up. That's what that means. And from the surface, it doesn't matter whether the bearish trend is being driven by one sector or style, or if the market weakness is broad across all types of shares, when I'm looking at it broadly. We first just want to identify the trend in stocks. Now, to your point, identifying that the stock market as a whole is in a downward trend is one step. From there, I want to look at where the opportunities 
for capital preservation and growth are within the stock market. So if we look at investment style, I'm going to reiterate that I like value. Value names are decidedly more appealing than growth right now because of where we are in this economy. When I look into sectors, I like consumer staples. I like energy. I like financials, healthcare, industrials, and materials. These all could outperform against the broad S&P 500. And I've talked about that specifically. So if you miss those, go back and listen to market segments from previous weeks. Now, I would avoid right now communication services, consumer discretionary, and technology because I think those will underperform as we continue to go on through what we're, I'm going to call mud. We're, we're slogging through right now. Now, it is important, as you point out, to note that three sectors out of 11 that comprise the S&P 500 are underperforming right now. Tech, consumer discretionary, and cons communication services. And like you point out, that accounts for 40%. Think about that. Those three out of 11 account for 40% of the S&P 500, while the six outperforming sectors only account for 54%. So the dynamic is why I'm saying you're going to see sharp declines here because this heavier-weighted tech-sensitive sector has negative influence on the broader market when things don't go right. Does that make sense? So good question, Trey. Awesome question. Thank you for that. So what are the indicators right now? What are the resistance levels? On the upside, we want to break through 4020. All right, 4020, that's the upside resistance. On the downside, it's 3840. We got close last week. 3840 and then beyond that is 3720 and then 3657. All right? So there's your support Investment advisory services are offered through Liberty Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. The strategies mentioned are not suitable for everyone. The information expressed does not consider your specific situation or objectives and may not be appropriate for all investors. Past performance is not indicative of future results. To better understand the risk associated with investing and how it reacts to different market conditions, listeners should always consult with their qualified investment professionals, financial advisors, legal or tax specialists and conduct their due diligence before making any financial decisions or taking any action. The legal information provided on the air is not intended to substitute for callers hiring their lawyers to advise them about personal legal matters. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Liberty Group LLC paid for the following program and the host's views and opinions do not represent those of the station or its ownership. California Life Agent number 048569. Persons engaging the services of one affiliate of Liberty Group LLC companies should be aware that each company is operated separately. You're listening to the Protect Your Assets Radio Network.